You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hey there, Nichols. It's Jessica. And if you know anything about me, you know that I really, really like to eat food. Sometimes I don't have enough time to cook food for myself. Sometimes I forget to eat, so I have to order something last minute. But I'm here to tell you that I am now using HelloFresh and I couldn't be happier about it because all I have to do is just select a couple meals for the week. They come directly to my door. They're easy to make. They accommodate my diet and it's really inexpensive. I can't recommend HelloFresh more to people who are looking for new things to cook in the kitchen, looking to save time on food prep, uh, are indecisive about what to eat in the first place, and really just looking for something that might be just a little bit easier than your current routine is. You can accommodate just yourself, a family, however you want to go. And now if you use my code P-O-G-S-E-2009, you got to jump on it. It's only available for the month of March. You get up to 16 free meals plus three surprise gifts across your six HelloFresh boxes, plus free shipping on your first box. So you can go to strms.net forward slash HelloFresh underscore Jessica Nerdy, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-N-E-R-D-Y. If that's too many things for you to remember, there will be a link in our liner notes for this week's episode. Again, it's going to be strms.net forward slash HelloFresh underscore Jessica Nerdy with the code P-O-G-S-E-2009. You're going to get yourself some fresh eats. And then, was that a burp or was that me? Just yeah, was that a burp or were you trying to decide how to say hey, hello back? You could no, you, you I, no, I was I was re, I was mi- uh, uh, mocking you is what I was oh, doing. Oh, okay, I was, <laughs> okay. I was <laughs> imitating you. Sorry, is a better I word? I was imitating. Mocking, please. <laughs> hey, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so you then I your... exaggerated it and got uh, it. Okay, because it, it, I thought more. I took you by surprise. Um, I, I just just to give people like an inch, an inch of what's happening. It's very early in the morning. We have a guest that they're trying to figure out their mic right now, mm-hmm. and I just decided to say hello to you. So, and I'm how swollen do my eyes look? <laughs> or closed? <laughs> I've never seen you more brilliant. You know, so stop. stop. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. That's the right answer. <laughs> Um, when you were in high school and middle school, we know that you were popular. Would you say you were popular? Actually, did we I, ever talk? I about was this? popular, but I wasn't like I wasn't like you know I wasn't cool. I, you know what I mean? So, so try to try to parse that out. Well, wait, like, were you like the class clown? I was the class clown. I was a bit of a class clown in my younger days. Um. I don't, you know, I definitely like to have fun in, in high school. I don't know if well, I would call myself to, class clown in high school. I'm just I trying to the, quantify, like, what does that mean? Like, how what, can what you that be means popular? Is, Guess what, Ian? We're just recording right now. And so whatever it is, is what it is. I love that. And also, check this out, because I think I figured my mic out. 
It sounds amazing. Yeah, because I used to have a podcast that some people know about that Nick Masu was on. And we actually just came one episode short of 100 episodes. And it's in the can and has not been edited. We did this whole thing about like we came back during quarantine to like, let's just get to 100 and we recorded the 100th episode and didn't post it. I, is- it's a shame. <laughs> but, but this is not, this is not, is this the same contingency of people who made songs to finger bang to? Like Nick Masu's songs to finger bang to? This is a similar adjacent <laughs> contingency. And I believe that one of the members, uh, Rob Kirkovich, who was one of the hosts of Film or Movie, which was my podcast, um, songs to finger bang to was the uh, the legendary uh, and oft discussed by comedic geniuses um, summer of tears summer a, of tears yes now interesting side note there was another member of that podcast Tony Liebetrau who was also in summer of tears for a number of years founding member and uh, what some people don't remember is that actually came up with the name of the sketch troupe. Summer of Tears was based on a sketch that he was in uh, and created. If I'm not now, mistaken. Well, there's, my mind is getting blown in There's so many unpack. different ways. Lots to unpack. So, so first of all, film or movie is infamous in this podcast. We've talked about uh, it. It was like one of the wow. first things Nick like name dropped to be like, I actually know what I'm talking about when it comes to podcasts. I know people who do film or movie and what a, what a great <laughs> meter with which to judge things by. Is it a film or movie? And no one's qualifying saying it's a bad film. Or a bad no, movie. no, it has it has nothing to do with good or bad. It, it's a search for categorization, and it's a launching. It's it's like a springboard into being able to just get into that granular uh, film nerd chat that I think we all love. And I love this. Okay, I have a hard fun. one for you. Yeah, let's go. I th- well, maybe not. Don't look up. Okay, don't look up is a this is tough because Mm -hmm. we do this we do this thing where it's about there's kind of like it kind of about director intent or can you see like a director's fingerprint on a piece of work and i do feel like adam mckay has a definable aesthetic and a way that he does an adam mckay movie so for that in and of itself, I think it becomes film. But I think also there is on the spectrum of, yeah, he just has become the, he has become the satire legend of, of but at what, movie making at right what now. point do you become a parody of yourself? And well, I feel that movie like- I don't think is a parody though. No, no, of, no, no he's saying style, of himself. His film yeah. style becomes a parody of himself. Well, that's what I'm saying. It don't think I don't think I don't think people I've, know who Adam McKay is well enough to go, oh, this is an Adam McKay film. It would be it's it would be like You don't almost, think so? I don't think so. He's I, a, he, personally, he's become, I don't I mean he's gotten he's gotten a so much acclaim he's gotten so many bios written about him and interviews done on him 
uh the, if you're the a film buff glow. yes but if you're oh, yeah. like like let's put let's let's remove it from film and then go everyone knows who wes anderson is whether they've seen a movie or not and yeah and wes, wes has been in the game for longer um i've also delicately stepped out of film or movie discussing it because of my uh, career path um uh-huh. i've i've really uh, you can't talk crap about people. <laughs> um, so you're saying I should stop doing porn if I want to be on Absolutely camera? not. Absolutely okay, not. Okay. There's been a long line of <laughs> career paths for a lot of different people. And sometimes that's how you have to jump in and that's how you make your mark. I Great. Mean, that's I I 110% support that. I'm going to call my mom and tell her she's wrong. So um, (laughs) the the other thing is Summer of Tears. The last thing I want to understand is, well, how did we get, how did we get, so that you said it's a sketch that got us to the name. Yeah. So, so basically uh, Summer of Tears uh, was a a beautiful group of humans uh, who, got together to make people laugh. And one of their sketches uh, was about, so Tony was like, um, kind of like a serial killer. Is that right, Masu? And Uh, you know, he he was capturing children and he called it his summer of tears. (laughs) It was like his reign of terror or something. Yeah, so he's right? like a John Wayne Gacy and John Wayne Gacy is writing songs about it or something like that. But this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of, strangely, it's pre-Summer of Tears, because I don't think as Summer of Tears we ever did this sketch. You so did it this... once over at the, because I saw it over at that theater that was like in that mid-Hollywood tiny black box that you guys used to perform at. Oh, yeah. Wait, okay, oh, Hollywood Row? Starting to come back to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Hollywood, Hollywood theater Row, Row, Theater Row. Uh, was actually uh, the home for a show that I acted in and Masu directed called Geography of a Horse Dreamer uh, was was done on Theater Row. Well, he played a character called Fingers. Fingers. Do you want to show? Uh, you want to? I know that I know our podcast audience can't see, but do you want to show? Do you want to show Jess your work, your your physicality of of how you did your hand? How you brought fingers? fingers to life? I don't know if there's time. Is it, is there, <laughs> Time like... for <laughs> oh you I think Masu saw my work as a young BFA theater actor and said, "Now that kid has it," uh, and he wasn't the first, and he won't be the last, uh, which is great news for me. Yeah, Nick has a real talent for sniffing I... out talent for sure. Yeah, I think he does. You know what? This is not is. surprising that he knows how to make someone do some something physically with flair because uh, Nick Masu is fam- like, you know, how every improviser has um, thing. the thing that they're remembered for. Yep. Nick is, re- is, is revered for his ability to look like he's riding a horse with his crotch. Uh-huh. Like, now, well, now I would just like riding to it, push... Riding it. I would like to push back here. There really is only one legendary best horse rider. And I think we all know who we're talking about here, Nick Masu, and it's Steve Kieran. Now, Steve Kieran is known for many things. And his physicality in general, I would say, is his mark as an improviser. Correct. Nick's ability to look like he's having sex with a horse on stage (laughs) is... 
<laughs> is really if, if people go okay can do do nick next you know like to make fun of nick you the next thing you're getting is someone basically looking like they're holding their belt buckle and wiggling. that tracks yeah so that's so look all. i i learned so the art of, of, of improvised horse riding from the great steve kieran who <laughs> by all of means you did will make it look like he's actually riding a horse now i've evolved the horse riding a little bit because right. see steve holds the reins really high up He's a high yes. rein holder. Me, I'm Yours more of a low. I'm more of an American You're Western style. I hold I hold my rein right. down. I hold it down. My 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 chi drops down the, to the base, you know. Mm. And this uh, is obviously why people have tuned in today <laughs> to listen to you talk about jingling a horse uh that's why people listen to the show you obviously. clearly don't know our audience if you're being facetious <laughs> I, <laughs> this I you know what half this show is me being tickled by nick and and he he tries to get under my skin vice versa uh, half of my life has been listening to masseuse spin a yarn about Whatever uh, is his moment of the day, obviously. Half of your half of your life is actually accurate. Half of our is, life together. That is. I should sweet. I should refra reframe for our listeners. Well, half of my life is not Nick Miss. Although it could be because we're both. I'm just saying, uh, literally, it has been half. We're going to be spending each other even half, a, half of our lives. There's different ways to quantify half of your life. Oh, that's though. actually like, true. That's like what I'm you, talking well, about. Like literally half of our lives. Literally half our lives. Half my life ago, I met Ian Gowler. That's a good point. Wow. Uh, and uh, because of uh, the path we have now set upon, which is to be having uh, two young boys within four weeks of each other, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot Spoiler more of alert. each other. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. <laughs> baby, this is my baby buddy. That, that's very exciting. Nick was even saying, we're, we're, good, we're, we're good to get this in the can today, just in the off chance. So it's been Baby Watch 2022 over here. So it's so intense. Do you guys it's... have don't answer this. Don't answer what the name is, but do you have the name already? Not only do we have potentially the name, but we found out two weeks ago that we may have the same name, which is really a problem because who picks the same name, especially this one, because it's so off the beaten path. Uh, but I will say that we've awkwardly found out that we were both considering the same name and i will put it here out now that masu obviously has his baby first so he gets the first choice but, but if, if I he find does out this <laughs> that this is the way he's going uh it just better it just make the decision you know and let's see what happens so so here's the thing about that is it's like you know they we haven't really talked about this moment since i think both couples are trying to just you know navigate this in a in a in a mature way by not talking about it and sleeping it under the rug sure totally yeah. well here that's, but, that's but how the, adults handle things but the truth is is like they slipped right <clears throat> like this is why you don't tell people uh, your baby names because but, you get into this situation had they never slipped we wouldn't be in this situation and i'm gonna help you here they have no fucking idea what they're going to name their child. So <laughs> I know. By Look, all, I know. you have the right to this name in my mind. I think, well, no, I think the thing is, is that, you know, as long as I see, look, as long as I don't see it as some type of like hyphenated 
last name or middle name, like if it's just slipped in there, if you're not going to really use, like uh, use commit, the name, commit. commit, go all in. Got it. Well, but here's, I mean, oh my look, God. without saying what it so is, well, because here's the thing, he's saying that, but that's exactly what it was going to be, but it was going to be one of, I, well, we don't actually know what it was going to be, but this was my yeah. conceptualization of it was uh -huh. a sort of hyphenated scenario where Oliver yeah, Twist Masu where that name is the primary <laughs> name that you call the child, but isn't right. necessarily the first name. Anyways, me and Sandra had yet to work this whole thing out, but it was the first yeah. name that literally like that Sandra threw out and I, and I was like, oh, I like that. And she was like, yeah, huh? And we're like, yeah, we're into that. And then as time kind of went on, you know, and Sandra does this, she did this with Clementine too, where she kind of strays. She's like, I don't mm -hmm. know about that name anymore. And I was like, oh, this is a, this is a Clementine situation where uh, I'm just going to like give some space. Like I know this is our child's name and I'm going to give some space and wait till Sandra comes back around. I'm not going to force her into anything. Now with Clementine, it literally took until the fifth day after she was born for Clementine, for Sandra to finally go. Yeah, I, I think it's Clementine. Wow. So I was like, that's okay, a long time. It's a long time. I'm going to give some space Brutal. around this. But then we're hanging out, and uh, Ian's wife, Meg, for, for whatever reason, in a moment. Don't dox her, dude. Okay, I'm kidding. Just joking. Jesus, uh, full dox. Might oh. <laughs> 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 as well just say the kid's name at this point. But yeah, I let's know, just, just she's, release she's, the whole I know. story. Ian, Ian's been hiding his relationship for years. <laughs> It's true. Um, We're on year seven. No one knows who she is. I've kept her, kept she, her secret. She blurts it out, right? Oh, and no. now I'm in this moment going, oh, shit, what do I do? Because mm. I can't let this moment slide because I know in my heart of hearts, of course, things have changed since then. But in that moment, I knew in my heart of hearts that Sandra was going to come around. I had this whole plan. Nick's like fighting back a fucking acid reflux right now. <laughs> my drunk. morning coffee, my 9.30 a.m. coffee. Um, and so I'm like, well, if I don't say anything and we end up going with this name, it's going to look like we stole the name. So I have yeah, to say something. Yeah, you have to say something. Yeah. So then I, so then, so, so, so I spurt, I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> and then it became a thing. And you could tell, you could tell that Ian and Meg were pretty But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, look, this is, this is the way babies go. And we've got three other names, Rip, Rare, Nigo. It was all going to be you see the baby and mm -hmm. see what he looks like and then let it ride from there. And and so. just again, you are so much better prepared than Nick and his wife are with four names in the barrel than they do. So you're you're already doing <laughs> <laughs> if if having well, a baby Nick is a legendary procrastinator. Oh, legendary. Okay. Last question right as you were coming in because I know people are on the edge of their seats. Do you think Nick was popular in high school yes how yeah yeah <laughs> well now i because only somebody uh who is popular would have the ponytail that nick has and be able to live that life so you're telling me the first time you met him he had a ponytail oh legitimately how is this the first time i'm ever hearing of this nick was a ponytail guy and you can't if you have a ponytail i don't think you can pull it off unless you're popular and like have enough street cred to have it living that so is this life. Like 1998, you're 
This oh. was 1998. Yes. Yeah, we met in 1998. Met. You nailed it. Yeah. So you have a ponytail in 1998. Was and there cowboy any... boots and oh. vests? I mean, he was Southwest. <laughs> he was Southwestern. You're like, he was doing the whole thing. You came to USC like, hey, I'm from. <laughs> this is where I'm from. Did he tell you guys the Juarez stories? Uh, that's a Masu. Is did he? Did you do that? Oh, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't flaunt them around, but you know my Juarez stories. We were talking about it. Uh, remember we were... We no, were no, but about... I'm saying, did you tell them at USC? Yeah. Because I, I I felt like I learned about a lot of your Juarez stuff, like, after we graduated. But I'm sure you were telling those stories at school. Well, they weren't, I mean, they were still, you know, it was just like... They were know, so what, fresh. It wasn't was, a yeah, legend I, at that point. It was just life. It was just, just life. Right. It was just life for but, me, you know. But you're walking in with boots. Anyway, I can't handle it. Look, um, I, wore, I wore boots. Okay? I don't care. I, I wasn't I like care. wearing like tight Wranglers and, and like button down. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm understanding is you would, when you moved from one state to another, you just brought the clothes that you were wearing. I get it. But the fact that the there was a ponytail, I think we need uh, photographic evidence. Ian, we're not here to really just talk about Nick. We're even not. though this whole episode is called I thought that you was the concept know. of the podcast. In a way, it is. <laughs> But selfishly, no, there's I, a comma there. You don't know, comma Nick. Nick, not you don't know Nick. So really, it's, the big issue oh. is is that Nick doesn't know a lot of things, including myself. He doesn't know. No. He know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what to name his child? He does claim to know NFTs. One of the first tests we did litmus tests tests early in in the Whoa, podcast. I didn't claim to know NFTs. Hold on. So okay, I said, oh, what's yeah, it? This what's... Isn't, this, you're not the host of this show, Ms. Sue. I figured actually, that out. Actually, uh, he's supposed to be, but it's not like he is. So um, we're supposed to be co-hosts. So I actually, I call us the mom and dads of podcast because it makes more sense that I just mom this whole podcast. So I think it needs it. Yeah, I, a hundred percent. First of all, this is be. a structure. It's a structureless show that I need to wrangle. And I didn't know that I was a wrangler until now. Does um, that make sense? Well, like you, I, I, in my boots. I I actually think <laughs> yeah. you you've also wrangled some neon in your in your home. Which I turned I it on a, just for you. Which is a vibe for me only. Oh yeah. What is it? What does it say? Oh, it doesn't say anything. Those are boobs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little out of focus, but... Uh... Is wait it... a minute. Those are boobs. Let's see if I can get a little bit better of a... Wait a minute. In? Are you... Te- oh, you're zooming in? Yeah. Oh. Hold on. It's it's the upper body. So it's not just boobs. You know, are... It's upper body. Yeah. So it's that's hard. Like... It's a side, side, semi side view of, let's see. Does that work? Over the bed. Over the bed. (laughs) Because you know what? You know what happens. What what happens? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) What happens? I'm so curious. Well, nothing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I sleep a lot. I sleep a lot on that bed. I was so curious. I was like, you know what happens. And then when people actually are p- or a little bit more pointed, no, what does happen? People are like, no, you know, I'm just like hanging out and like chilling <laughs> and like. <laughs> I, I would tell you if there was other things. I mean, mostly sleeping with cats. So there's always pussy on the bed. But. Oh, the, right. The... I set that one up. I was going to make that joke, but I didn't. It was poor taste coming from me. With you, it's 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 funny. it's if if my father if, if listened to this podcast. If he didn't already disown me, it, he would have. <laughs> so, but doesn't it, he know that this is a podcast? Podcasts are the last place 
for uh, self-revelation and truth, I think. Like, mm. people oddly find a certain amount of, um, what's the right word for this? Like, you just feel oddly confident in a way that you don't in other formats. And so that's why you see so many great episodes uh, of some of your favorite artists or musicians or what have you on podcasts because they just start talking and they forget the microphones on and now they're off to the races. So but, the fact that this pussy comment <laughs> came out is not surprising at it, all. It's not think. surprising because I'm also like this on, on my live Twitch channel. I'll share a really brief story that marries both the cats and this, you know, view that you have of my life. And Twitch. Exactly. So, but quickly, one of the things that I, a tweet I saw was dudes would be like, or like a woman will ask a guy like, hey, how are you? How are you feeling? Is everything okay? Like, I'm fine. And then a dude gets in, in a podcast and goes, the thing about my trauma, <laughs> so something about the mic and not having the audience does unlock something about men, in men particularly. Um, I, I will say too, uh, so the short version of the story, even though we're not in a rush, I just I just don't want to waste why you're here, Ian. So <laughs> Too the, late. I know. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So Nick and I have a mutual friends of like amazing smart women we know like amazing smart improvisers actors and oh, yeah. the reason i qualify that is because Stephen kieran's wife was the beginning of this domino effect of calling a cat psychic wait let's I know, I know Steve Kieran's wife, who I won't dox on the show. It's okay. Because... This is not how she should be remembered, but <laughs> she is. She basically started the the tree phone of here's my cat psychic's phone number. Wow, that says a lot. Very cool. It's very cool, but like, if I'm you... also discovering that you and I probably know a lot of the same people. Yeah, I'm because, I, I'm surprised because I, I I was gonna say Stephen Kieran as an example of someone you may know who has not you may know but like someone who has a lot of uh, that like you know him as an improviser based off of this oh Stephen Kieran does this or, it's a calling card yeah yes, apparently exactly. you didn't see in my text intro how I separated impro and visor to mean. No, Ian... that looked like a fucking typo. <laughs> that was to mean that Ian. Yes, I was spent at Impro for a long time pre yeah. pre you. Uh, there, there may have been overlap. I don't know. Hardly, it, I doubt it. You might have just missed each other. Is, is what I'm saying. You needed to put of... a you needed to put a, a, a hyphen. It needed to be yeah. hyphenated. I sorry, I separated it. Or yeah. Impro. I, I didn't get it. I just thought oh, I was going to all caps the Impro, but I thought it was too much. <laughs> it okay. would have been a lot. So now we know that we know a lot of the same people. So yep. Joe McGinley is Stephen Kier's wife, who we weren't going to dox, but we're doxing. And just did. It's great. Uh -huh. She's she's famous in her own right. So I agree. She gives one woman, another woman gives another woman their cat therapist, or psychic, essentially, or a cat communicator is probably the better word. And this yeah, woman is better. better. Like, she's not, I don't think this woman would say psychic. So, and I'm talking, like, some of the smartest women I know, this, this got to me and go, Oh, you need to talk to your cat. Talk to this woman. So, yeah, yeah. This is the second time I've spoken to this woman. And one of my cats, I had three cats in this very small apartment at one point. One of them was dying. 
It was it was the first time I had been through that, and I just needed to. I don't. It, it's really more for like it's really catharsis for the owner at a certain point. But uh, I think it's all catharsis for the owner. I don't think there's so a. So you say, but Dan O'Connor's wife uh, literally had a miracle moment where she called this woman and said, "I need my younger cat to stop fucking up my older cat," and the younger cat stopped after the phone call. This is now uh, the legendary comedic genius that is Edie Patterson. Yeah. yeah. I also, it doesn't, I, sh- it, I hope you don't think I'm conflating myself with these women, but I'm also conflating myself with these women. If I'm smart As, enough to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're saying that you're on their level. I, 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 pff, yes. Hello. So, <laughs> so it, went, it went Joe, Edie, Kelly Lohman, who you may or may not know, who is a genius, who. I do, I do know Kelly you Lohman. You do? Okay. Kelly Lohman, who's a genius, who had two very important conversations with her cat before the end of her life. And yes. then this the phone number got brought down to me. It, there's I had a, like a little miracle moment with this woman, too. And to be fair, I, go ahead. I really? Was she ever talking to – does she talk to dogs as well? Oh, yeah. So she's an animal communicator. And an animal communicator, which would have been helpful. I had four dogs at one <gasps> point in my life, all in one, all in one house. Um, and so uh, it feels like I'm getting this information late because that could have been really helpful for me. She also does help humans, which is not a great selling point to start with the cats to be like, oh, she can help you. No, you'd want it as a bonus to the uh, human communicator. Correct. But she is like a healer in that way. And she does use like vibrations. And in the future, you will now know that this person exists. Do you have animals now or is it just kids? No, I still have two. I still have two dogs. In the event you need to speak to them. Two passed over last year. Well, here's, I'm sorry. So wait, so, so she's not just a, a pussy psychic. She's also oh, so Nick's just been sitting on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do I just letting us this in? just <laughs> letting us actually have a conversation, and then we've got Bobo the clown back there just waiting for his moment. This to is shine. pretty characteristic. We've had uh, guests, I think, only three times now. He doesn't speak. When... No, well, well, there's just not a lot of room here. I mean, look, look, you. you I gotta, make the room. You got to do your job and you host it, and we got to let the guests speak, and then I just chime in with pussy psychic. Yeah, yep. good call, Masu. Great. So, the the to wrap it up perfectly about pussy psychic, I called this woman. My cat's dying, and she she's like one cat that I have is just he's out to lunch he's just has the best life and he doesn't care and I was like oh what does Blue have to say and she goes he's fine he just says hi like that's all he just wants to say hi and and all you give her is the name of the cat uh, and their age and coloring and then she she's off to the races you're not like it's not like you're filling in the blanks like oh yeah he is like that you're right she's not like wow yeah it, it was fantastic so I had up until a couple minutes ago my older little kitty she was the first she was the reason i called this woman to begin with she's the newest addition she's a stray we found her and she, who's we she, my mother and i <laughs> we're it's very what's that uh i know i used to oh ian yeah is there time is this how long is this show <laughs> depends on how much you you and nick want to get into it i i don't even know how much we've gotten into this on the show, do people now, know part this of about what we you do yet? is part of what we do on the show, Ian, is we is we therapize Jess a little bit. So if you want to join in on on helping, I don't Jess. know if it's. I, I mean, here's. I mean, I guess the best case scenario here is that you get 
to have an opportunity here. <laughs> the thing about being know, on a podcast create, is, you know, to create some space for Thank you. the time that you and your mother spend finding these cats, but realizing <laughs> that it's actually about what the two of you have. Honest to God, that is it. I know. That's <laughs> but okay. what people don't know is the extent of what sharing a roof with her at that age in my life was like. Um, but what is was that? This, was this during the pandemic? Is no, no, thank God. It, I think I would have uh, murdered her. But but it wasn't much better. So mm. I'm trying to think of the illusion. What are those two old ladies? Grey Gardens. It's like Grey Gardens. I was on my way to becoming Grey oh, Gardens. Oh, I was going to say Bonnie and Clyde. Or, no, uh, no, no, no. Or uh, the Thelma other one. and Louise. Thelma and Louise. It was not yeah. like that at all. Maybe now, but... Uh, yeah, like two conquering heroes... <sighs> Uh, I lived with my mother. Thelma my and mother Louise driving to the cliff. Well, just, I, our yeah. life was the driving off the cliff. I didn't cliff want to get part. into that part. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. We were in survival <laughs> mode for a few years, and our entire existence was right before the cliff, if that makes sense. A hundred. Well, look, I was around. I have a daughter, not a daughter. I a have dog. A, uh, I have a, I'd have a dog as well. I have a sister <laughs> who is uh, six and a half years younger than me, mm. and I watched my mother and my sister go through my sister being thir- you know, twelve to ages twelve to fifteen, and any mother daughter combo that can make it through that is an uh, is a very it's a strong bond that is formed. They <laughs> they talk it's... every they talk every day. They probably talk sixteen times a day now. Wow! Sure. And so are yeah. you? Is it just you and your sister, or is yeah. are you, okay? So there is like also well, a special... I do have I guess some half brothers, but are they your moms or are they your dads? They're my dads. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and and one half brother, un unclear. All right, we're gonna <laughs> sidestep my story. What does that mean? Well, I always wondered if the one half brother didn't just, just wander never... in off the streets. No, if if like he is a half brother, or if like he's from a previous marriage uh, on the on my stepmom's side, you guys are very close, huh? No, <laughs> don't talk a bunch. Of, don't not a big dad talker uh, mm-hmm. over here. But look, every everything happens for a reason, right? We're yeah. here. That should say enough. <laughs> I know that's we what made I'm saying. it this far, guys. You I know, know, right? I so, mean, that's the point. So, like, I was team dad until I was 18, and then it got tough to be team dad. Yeah. And and especially because of what you're talking about was that 14 to 16 awful years. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I had a sister that I hated that was a couple years younger than me, so not only did my mom get it, my my sister got it. How I- did we end up as actors? It's, is... I'm so well adjusted. <laughs> my dad once did say, "He's like, well, you know, you want to want you want all this attention and people to like you, and that's why you're an actor." Like, what the fuck? No. I'm, what are you trying to say? What are you insinuating, Dad? <laughs> uh, Mister, most egoic man on the planet. So, at one point, uh, after like living on my own, living with a boyfriend, coming back, it was me and my mother, and some occasionally my sister in one bedroom. It was wow my grandmother down the hall who had dementia for the last 10 years of her life across the hall from us 
was my mother's brother who, when he was a kid, had scarlet fever. So kind of his brain was a little bit melted and he never and he was stunted for the rest of his life. This is the you've written this, correct? Not yet. Multicam? Not yet. (laughs) It's a one woman show where I play all the characters. So. I, I I don't think so, but no, but I do think it's a television show, it's, and I'd like to I'd like for you to pitch it, and great. I'd like to like to hear the pitch. Oh, okay. So we open up. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but this is such a great idea for a television show because, in the best case scenario of some of our favorite shows at its core, our favorite comedies. People are laughing because they have to. Yes. And this this show is ripe and ready to be taken from the tree. I love of, your of perspective of it. And I could I do agree with you. I think what I've been missing is the vehicle for it. So like is what is it, right? Like is it a Well, novel? what time is in it? your What? It's a television show. I, t- I hear you. Which one so what I'm saying is you're actually helping me by saying that I don't understand. It's. I didn't know that until right now. She's How saying she's too know? focused on a, on a on a on a live performance, one person show, or a play. I, oh, no, Paul now. Rogan. It's a, t- Paul it's a Rogan, television show. Who's a mutual I, oh, of all of ours. We also know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, we've oh, never, we've never be... said more names on a podcast. <laughs> it's so true. Paul Rogan, he said, this is a one woman show. You know, you have to do it like that. So whatever. So and he's been he's he's been pushing me towards stand up and one woman show. Um, so the only thing I can think about with a one woman show is this. You're going to shit your pants. This was less than three years ago, less than four years ago, the yeah. end of of this. So it wasn't fresh out of college or fresh out of high school. I didn't go to college. This was Jessica living survival mode with my mother. I'm not even done. So my uncle, who's smoking cigarettes, by the way, all the entire time, (laughs) (laughs) coughing and like will go. He used to he worked at the stripper joint down the street where he was the handyman janitor. He was fine. He was a nice person. Jessica, I'm only going to say this one more time. Stop giving people gold right now you're giving people a television show stop talking okay, okay, about I, this then i won't let i won't explain stop the last talk, leg of it okay i got stop you talking about this I got this it. is a television show <laughs> okay. i think we actually have a mutual producer that nick and i are working with that would love to hear this pitch great let's then i'll delete this whole section i won't but in a year people will know this is where it all started i i i will reserve the we've rest been working with we've been working with the producer from two and a half men this is his bread and butter. Shows like this. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll say stop no more. Telling this. Stop telling the story immediately. I'm. I'll say no. Show. I'll say no more. The cats came out of that. They were birthed out of this situation, and when it all collapsed, mm-hmm. um, for the best. I I had moved out before it collapsed, but I was like goodbye, and my life was like finally taking off. I got a cat. I got one of the cats out of the situation. And then my mom had to move and couldn't take both cats that remained. And so I had Mm -hmm. to take a second cat. And then the third cat didn't do well with my mom where my mom was, which is another situation that we were previously in, but a little bit more. (laughs) uh, I'm trying to to reserve all the interesting things for you. Yeah. This is enough. Stop so, telling this story. Long story short, I had three cats at one point. One was dying. It was very sad. It was the first time I had to, as an adult, handle that. I've never seen anything die. It was very sad. 
But I just wanted to see where he was at. And the little girl that I had gotten, the, the, the one who I took with me to the apartment to begin with, she's like 15. She's an old lady who's like on retirement. She's having a great life. She's my And smoking. She is apparently. a smoker. I think she's a smoker because <laughs> she is also missing two of her bottom teeth. And she's just like, so she had like a life before we met her. And cool. she's like, hey, what's up? So I was checked in with the sick dying cat and he's like, I'm fine, whatever. Just don't let it get messy. That's what, that's all he said. He's like, don't, I don't want it to get messy. And then she chimes in. She's like, sometimes it gets crazy here. This is what the woman said that my wow. cat Pepper said. And I was like, why how would it get crazy i don't understand like it's very this is during this is the middle of pandemic not going anywhere she goes i I don't know what sometimes things are normal and then sometimes things are not at this point nick and i were doing heartbeats where at one point i don't know if you know about heartbeats we were doing an all improvised um medical medical dramedy yes exactly so uh this was like I was also live streaming. I'd just begun live streaming where, like, my lights are on. I'm talking to the void. And him and I are doing improvised stuff into a TV. So I said, "Is could it be that? I'm, I'm live streaming. Is is that what she's talking about? And the woman goes, well, what Well, what can they see? <laughs> and I, I know. And I said, well, they can see my bed and, like, my, my entire, you know, apartment. She goes, what kind of streaming do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a game streamer i'm not a <laughs> porn actor not that i would she just needed to know are yeah, you yeah not that there's of, anything wrong with it correct so the the end result of this conversation was i need to have a chair for pepper to come hang out on while i live stream and she loved the idea that people knew who she was so she's like wait people Whoa. see me people know and so the whole thing was that she's like, well, how how do I know that this is happening? I need to have a light on. That's the difference. It gets crazy when the light's on. And she, Incredible. it's adorable. Anyway, that was the whole thing is I'm not a pussy cam streamer. I'm a pussy cam streamer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Great. Ian, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Fucking 40 minutes of, of pure gold. And we'll, we'll have None another... of it's going to be used. Oh, I, I don't edit. I don't edit a thing. That's what I was going to say about your hundredth episode. You guys should just put it up as is. Oh yeah, we have a whole thing. We have a lot of uh, product. The production value in film or movies quite high. And the, they're they're of... highly edited, which Let is probably help you part, of their, help. part of their demise. Was there was just too much work after a period of time. That's it too. Like when I realized that I was like starting to cut out like lips and like breaths for this podcast i went nope this is a well we have a lot of audio cues and sound bites and clips and it's like a whole experience so nick doesn't do anything for this podcast except show up and you know maybe take a shower which is he doesn't have to but he's one of the first things what great that's a great corner of the market for masu oh just showing up he knows exactly what he's doing He's a participation trophy kind of guy. And, and and it's gold. This is gold. So my, my point being is like one of the first things he said is, you know what? We should have drops. We should have drops. We should have like he was like harping on. That's from that's from film or movie. 100%. He took, he's trying to take that. From I didn't. To our I podcast. did not credit. I did not not credit 
where I got you didn't from. credit. He's like, that's what they have all the time. Like, like he was attributing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, other people didn't. do drops. Film or movie. Exactly. Didn't invent but, drops. But now they... I'm understanding why it was yeah. important to him. I said no. Was it not. no? I mean no, because I drops. <laughs> Drops are fun. <laughs> I get that Drops they take fun. a lot of work. I mean, the amount of work that went into this this podcast they did was it was just too much. Was it was a lot. You we'll know. get you. We'll. I'll get you a deal for that so that you get paid the right amount, and then you'll get me a deal for my TV show. It'll be great. It's a great. That's a great trade. I think so. Honestly, I'll see you. We'll see you, each other on the other side of this break, and then we'll get into it. Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin, and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything. Whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries, and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name, or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it, it's all in there. And it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at bubblesandthingssoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there. Some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days. Properly introduced. I was just gonna Ian ask is. him. I was just, you know what? This guy he, finally Nick wakes up. Ian, tell us a little bit about you. What's your full name? Where do you live? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, my full name is uh, Ian uh, Douglas Gottler. Douglas. Douglas. Uh, I Douglas. Did not know this. A lot of people don't know that, and most people don't even know my name is Ian. I'm very rarely referred to by my first name. I, a, a man of many. Nicknames monikers. and monikers have been given. Um, so, uh, yeah, got, how, do we, how do we know you on the streets? Then we got we got Gottler, which is a classic, you know, friend name. We got uh, we got that's Ig. from sports. Yeah, Ig. How I- cute! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ig. Yeah. Um, so or also, now it could be Id too. Uh huh. That's a good point. I like what you've done a, there. He's also a former, sometimes current DJ, who we like to refer to as DJ Ig. Mm-hmm. Oh, DJIG. I uh-huh. think you do have a music name. Though. What's your music name? Uh, oh, Ride Along. Uh, the, the my my producing moniker R I T E, like Shop Right, Right, Right Along, Right Along, Right. Which is a it's a yeah Right Aid. Uh, it's a uh, what do they call that when you scramble all oh, the letters? Mnemonic device. Nope. 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 It, uh, LA Story. They do it in LA Story. Um, yeah. So it's one of those for my name. Right along is all the letters in my name Cute. just kind of reorganized. It could be uh, D Jig too. 
right? Yes, people have said that. Uh, Gotti, there's a lot of Gotti that's surfaced around. Gotti. So there's a lot of uh, Gotti. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, that one's sticking. If we keep it going, uh, but yes, there's a lot of uh, so so. There's that. I'm forty ish, forty one. Uh, I live in. I'm an East Side kid, so I live in Silver Lake. I'm although I am in the process of moving, which is crazy. That's why we're recording today because my life is in absolute chaos with boxes everywhere and, and kids you guys are inside i thought like all life stops is like a, the baby is about to happen but the fact that you guys are making plans to oh no 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 i'm i'm moving i'm moving on sunday and then i'm having a baby scheduled circa may 5th and then i'm going into production on a film uh that i wrote in producing june 15th Amazing. so life does not throw you a, a, just a softball sometimes you just go for it you just yeah, say oh, keep totally. saying yes to it totally. also i will i will say for i think this is for guys it's a little bit different because i feel like his experience it may be just circumstantial but but it's similar to my experience too of where it's like oh there's a baby coming oh shit i gotta get a lot accomplished before this baby comes so it, you actually ramp up uh, mm. You know, for me, for me, it's always like, oh, how many things can I get off my list before this baby comes? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I how can I progress my career? How can I take care of those those projects, lo- those loose ends in those projects? Make the money. Try, yeah. So try, true. Yeah. So, um, you know, You're for better, exactly for right. worse, I'm, I'm trying to, like, shut that down now because I'm like, it does become neglectful of, you know, what your wife needs in order to, like, prepare Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, as time to uh, hustle, uh, as a man, not just as a man, but as you know, well, yeah, I mean, as a you provider, you want to try to provide, you want to try to do yeah. your best to, to get your, <clears throat> to get your part for what's coming. Um, and, and your testosterone drops right after that baby comes too. So I wonder if there's like an element of like, you guys are at high testosterone and so you're at yeah. high drive and yeah. then, cause you basically, your body is like. You don't need to make a baby right now. You just, that just happened. So oh, interesting. It's, yeah, it, it, so you, I gotta, you look gotta more track into back. that. Yeah, because okay, you, you're gonna need that testosterone on that film set. So you better. You'll oh, get God. it back probably quickly enough. Okay. Yeah, but no, I'm great. <laughs> I think what I think it happens biologically. A as like a like a companion, like as, as sympathy with the woman. Also, so you're not trying to fuck her while she's healing, and like so that you do stay with the baby. That's a correct. Yeah, six to eight weeks. They say at a minimum break i mean that doesn't mean there can't be other things but who no i think time? that means I, no i think that means it can't be other things. I think it's a, just a full shutdown you can't yeah the woman can't use her mouth nope i think that's a no i think that's a no because <laughs> no. of some there's a baby thing oh yeah. for real <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> I like that it was a concern, but no. No, I, no, I'm just so gullible, and I want to trust you. <laughs> there's no My physical, is... re- there's no physical restraint there, but but please show me the woman who, after having a baby, <laughs> yes, wants, wants to pleasure their husband or their yeah. their partner. Yeah, I don't think it's like the top priority at all. <laughs> I don't even think it's in the thought process. I don't think it's like of like wondering when they can find the time oh i, I sure I, I i look forward to the i look forward to the challenge the future challenge uh yeah so we know so exactly much about right. you now we know yeah, that this is all this is what i do 
this is you've now so yes i uh i've uh i'm a uh producer i'm a, a, a dj i think we got it i think we don't need any more we're okay, good great. this is great For- Former Thanks. actor and improviser, but always in his Why heart. are you saying former? Like, I don't think that it... Uh, yeah? No, no, former. it's former. Does it make you... Oh, oh, I was going to say. Does it make you feel better? That no, it's... You don't have it's, more competition. It's, it's former. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to... He could tell you. No, I... Yeah, I mean, if somebody needed me... Got it. To, to perform again, I, I could find the time. It's like knowing something. where you shine, essentially. Totally. If there was anything, I would totally. Masu and I were talking about mounting a Perfect Strangers unscripted, uh, where uh, he's Balky and I'm Cousin Larry, and I thought that I would come back to do that for sure. Sometimes, like, like you should never be retired. So that I guess that's what I mean. It's like you just don't even need to mention it. Like if you don't want to act, I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of. I, of is that right? I'm a big proponent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Advocate. Advocate. I I propound that you should be really specific about what you say and what you don't say because it mm-hmm. can make things true. So like I have a friend who is an author now and he in his Twitter handle when we first started, you know, working together and hanging out, his Twitter uh, bio said aspiring writer. And I said, are you a writer? He was like, well, yeah, I do write. I was like, well, then you're not aspiring. He said, well, no, I mean to be published. No, you're a writer, and and now he's published, and so I would take credit for that. This is this is uh, one of the most important lessons that you can teach someone, which is just about putting out into the universe what you would like to get from it, and not kind of selling yourself short by saying, "Oh, maybe one day." You just start doing it, and once you start doing it, other people are like, "Oh, he does that." And or she does that. And then you're off to the races, but you can't know what your potential is until you fully realized it, accepted it, and started saying it's something you do. And sure. I was projecting with the former, and I thought that that was something that Nick was projecting onto you. So I was being protective of you. I apologize. No, I, appreci- big boy. No, I, I appreciate that. No, if I don't, there isn't, uh, there isn't that desire that I used to have to have that as a part of my life. However, if for some reason, uh, time and place aligned and somebody said, we need you to do this, then sure. You're capable. I I would. I, I will act. I yes. was a singer songwriter for two minutes because I thought it would be easier than pursuing acting. I am a great singer songwriter. I don't want to do it. So I understand. Oh. Like I, I can do I'd it. I'd love to hear some of the work. Great. I'll send you a link. I got so many yeah. things. Put it in put it in the TV pitch. Uh yeah, for for I have I have the the just, uh, jingle your, right now. Yeah, have it's your guitar a good ready. Idea. Sing the pitch. Mm-hmm. Actually, <clears throat> it's not no. not an idea. I don't think it I think it is an idea. There was a world where this was going to be a musical too, but that's way too much work. So, Ian, this is not why mm-hmm. we're here. Even though now no. this is why we're here, and I can't wait until we have you back again so that we talk just more about things. But the whole thing is, is that Nick uh, believes... That's an knows- early request for a return returning guest? Easy. Easy. You know, I'm about, to go on, I'm about to go on paternity leave. I mean, so are you eventually. Yeah, he's, he's not available either. <laughs> no, but he's am- got about a six-week window to get Ian back back before he goes on paternity leave. I can't leave. believe that I've been... Have, 
Masu, have people been asked to be return guests on the show before in real time like this before? And how many? I don't know. You know, Nick, we, we haven't had a ton of guests, but we had Nick Clark two weeks ago. I don't think we asked him to return. <laughs> he was so <laughs> upset about uh, being on the show, too. Because we, we sandbagged him. We did not tell him why he was on the show. And we outed him as, as a what? An nft as an and, NFT enthusiast. Oh, he's oh he's a big he's a big NFT so for sure. So, he's the only other degen that I know for sure. Right, and yeah. it, I, I we learned without knowing your name at the time uh, that there was someone that had. He's like, you're playing with the you're playing with the kids, and we're playing with the, the big fish, and you're the big fish boy. And Nick was re- Nick Masu was very disappointed that we didn't use nick clark to his full potential and asked him all the nft questions so you came on as the foil to nick clark in order oh. to talk did so you, you didn't even get this? no but i didn't know you didn't even get to nfts we did no we didn't use his potential oh it was like 40 minutes there was 40 minutes of testing nick to see which generation he ascribed to i was trying uh-huh. to ease him into it knowing that he didn't want to talk about nfts and then brought him to the last 40 minutes to talk about NFTs. And at that point, he had a time constraint, and really, we only got him for 30 minutes on the subject. I see. I see. Now, 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 and to be fair, we did not bring... I did not push to bring you on because of any limited time with Nick Clark. It was always (laughs) my plan to bring on Nick Clark, goad him a little bit, and pit the two of you against each other. I see. Because here's the here's the thing, right? Yeah, so you're not filling in Nick Clark blanks. You have your own unique perspective that we are supposed to mine today. Fifty six well, minutes in, we have no nowhere closer. <laughs> nothing to that. usable. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we're looking at about a, ten minutes. Of this, this is Nick. My plan the whole time. Well, no, but he, well, here's the thing: is because, uh, and and I'll let you explain it, Ian. But but what Nick Clark does in the NFT world, and what Ian Gottler does in the NFT world, is different. They both do NFTs and they both can speak to it, but there's two things. One is the platform in which they 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 live, you know. Uh, yes, the the coin that we mostly trade, the currency the, that the we block, usually trade in, the blockchain. Yeah, the, the currency, the, the blockchain. Yeah. Um, they're in two different worlds, and um, they're playing two different games, partly because they're in two different worlds. Um, and I'll just I'll let you explain it from there. Well, I think it's all the same. It is all on the blockchain. Uh, But there are different currencies, I guess, is the best way to explain it. Um, Just like you would talk about stocks, I guess, right? There's different stocks. There's also uh, different coins, different currencies. Uh, Nick Clark exclusively handles AVAX, which is short for Avalanche. Mm. Uh, and I play in, uh, Ethereum, which would be, uh, short, shortened to people saying ETH, trading in ETH, E-T-H, ETH. Um, and so in these two different worlds, there is completely different collections that you can, you know, buy into, sell, blah, 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 blah. I, um originally got uh turned on to it not even by nick clark but uh one of my dj's brothers so uh, obviously a millennial right so he they have it they're youtubers 
And I, he did I wish it. the audience could see <laughs> you losing uh, me only seeing the whites of your eyes with your roll, your eye roll on that one. I wish <laughs> they're YouTubers, uh-huh. uh, who I have a lot of respect for. Actually, they do really, really cool work. Um, and he did. Uh, it's Method Box is the YouTube channel, and uh, they did a thing that was like, um, you know, f- how I flipped an NFT for twelve thousand dollars. And I was like, huh, uh, I've always been watching their channel just because I like watching, seeing what they're doing. And so I watched that and I was like, what? I've been hearing about NFTs because I'd heard about Bored Ape. Um, And so I was like, "Okay, let me just watch this and see what it is. And I immediately watched that and went down a rabbit hole. I just got sucked into a whirlpool that I have not woken up from yet and it will probably get stopped once i have a kid because i won't have the time Ah. but i am it is a a, i spend more time than i should it's it's taken me off instagram it's taken me off of all my socials like i don't care anymore i all of that time that i had wow is now focused on living in discords finding communities talking to community members uh and uh being a part of buying and selling nfts yeah and that's what i've spent since like early january end of december doing so you said the word play and i think that is the operative word one of the big takeaways you know one of the reasons why i think nfts are interesting to talk about is the fact that it's so polarizing that people just hate it for no reason (laughs) there is a lot of nft hate circulating right now especially i think from people that are my age um where's now i am part of a micro generation interestingly enough uh i'm a zennial yes you Uh, are so i think i'm i'm particularly interested in my my generation's interest or lack of interest in it because i feel like we're the last kind of generation to get why this would be interesting to them i think because we're the generation that got aol in a cd in their mailbox and then started blind chatting to people we didn't know interesting side story about that i got the aol thing and started going to the chat rooms were you living on and, your own or? Oh, I was point? with my, okay. no, no. I was living no, with is, my mom and my stepdad. It had to be in middle school. This is I school. was just curious because I was in middle school. school when this happened for me. Yes, this was so, this was early high school. I think I was a it. freshman in high school um, or sophomore. Because um, I, I installed AOL too. I, I mean, so right? we're not too far off. We're not I'm, too far off. No. We're close. Yeah. Well, AOL was around long enough for yes. multiple years to. If I. But Ian, Ian he is was a couple- doing this at the same time I was doing this. I was in middle school. He was in high school. I, was I just have to remember to establish- that Ian is younger than me, which then helps, you know, You're so close old, the age. age gap to you. But I'm glad to hear you say that you consider yourself a zennial. That was a question that I, I, you know, one of the things that I probably never explained to you is that the main, the main thrust of this podcast is we talk about generational stuff. So I was curious to to know how you self-identified generationally, and you uh, you I do as self-identify a as a zennial for sure, and and the AOL was such a pivotal turning point. I mean, all of the zennials like we are 
that people realized, I think, that our generation had to be technology relevant and we had to be computer knowledgeable and we had to understand that this was going to be a thing so that we were taught typing on the keyboard we were we had we played panda uh we did all of these kind of organ trail like we had when we went to camp there was a computer lab probably so i feel like our generation we we got facebook in college for the most part of us like but but like it wasn't part of our college experience. It was like, it wasn't an integral part of our college experience. Like when people who are just a little bit younger than us came out of Facebook, they probably had like 2000, 3000 friends on Facebook. That wasn't our generation for the most part. Um, So long story long, uh, quick fun uh, moment is that, in these AOL chat rooms, they were obviously largely, you know, a chance for, you know, premature boys to get weird and sexual on it. What's funny is like, because it was basically like um, sexting, right? For oh, sure. For sure. So, sure. but what's funny is like, what chat I had rooms ex- were you in? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was all of them. It was just like you would go into them and just start. So, what's funny is that I was in one of these chat rooms one time and I was like, you know, sexing and being an idiot. And then it just turned into a conversation. That conversation turned into another conversation and then exchanging letters and photos and, and culminated now I have met my wife <laughs> and culminated <laughs> and culminated in us at me taking the train to meet this young woman in Modesto, California. My mom and her mom talked before I got on the train. And I spent the weekend at uh, her house. We watched, uh, what's the, what's the Brad Pitt movie uh, where he's like, got long hair. Oh no. He's got long hair. The butt shot. No, no, no. The like the, er, it's like early pit. Meet Joe Black. No, long hair butt shot. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like they're not not true romance. Stoner? No, no, oh, God. Anyway, I think it's like him and Hopkins together. That's that's Mijo Black. No, I know I'm wrong about it. Anyway, I'll do the I'll do the research. It's like right. some some like oddly not sexual sexual shot uh, movie. Anyway, long story. <laughs> Where you both looked uh, at each did, other like yeah. we both like uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and but we, there was no attraction at all in in person. Like nothing ended up happening. We didn't hook up. Came back, lost touch with each other. Obviously, but I do think that that's what is interesting. I'm bringing it all the way back to NFTs because these communities, these Discord channels, are very much in the spirit. Mm of those early AOL days where you create an identity for yourself Hmm. and you can be as truthful or not truthful as you want in these spaces and you meet these communities and it is the community spirit I think that leads to successful NFTs because you really do need to have that community bond for them to do really well most well, of the time. That's another this... way of saying hold the phone, Nick, is okay. that um, 
you need people to basically buy in. Mick Masu is holding the phone. Let the record (laughs) show. Let the Uh, record show that he is in fact holding the The phone. The best part is Nick is so out to lunch that he doesn't know that I never release an episode and it's just an excuse for him and I'd hang out. He just doesn't. (laughs) I love this. So an an argument can be made and I'm playing devil's advocate here that yes, a community has to buy in because it is, first of all, yes, it's an agreed upon currency. It's agreed upon uh, value. Any store of value is that, etc. But you need a community to say, I like what this monkey looks like because it's a, a Ponzi scheme. There's an art, like you can romanticize it that way. Interesting. Now, what I will say in the defense in the Ponzi, do you consider the fine art market mm. a Ponzi scheme? I probably don't have enough education, but it shouldn't be right because you, you need someone to say well, is I art, like. Well, it, is yeah. Art Basel a Ponzi scheme? Who's Art? Is Basel? everybody go? Art Basel is a very is a very famous mm. meeting of. Uh, the art community uh, in Miami, I believe it's Miami where everybody gets together all uh, it's a big contemporary art scene, right? So Mm -hmm. everything from, you know, Banksy to, to cause to Jeff Koons to, you know, insert, you know, whatever. Um, But what's interesting is that for the people who always come at me first with the like Ponzi scheme, what have you, Number one, um, this type of currency is not going anywhere. Bitcoin, Ethereum, the big guy, especially the the blue chip um, coins, currencies, they're not going anywhere. We're not we're not going backwards. Uh, once this has been opened, uh, there is too much. It, it has become too big to fail, in my opinion. If, right. If if it's going to go down, we've got, I think a lot of things are going down with it. Um, the NFT market has created a place for artists to showcase their work in a new way and for them to have ownership of that work. And for every time it is bought and sold to have a piece of that work. So every time I buy and sell one of my NFTs, the artist who created it, the actual person who put pen to paper gets paid for real i said that i didn't know yes that is I for thought, real like once i and relinquish that, for, the art it no. is i got it okay no so uh th- there's a now, transaction that depends on the that. code that is put into the nft there is yeah. v- different types of contractual Someone could decide situations to relinquish it yeah. if they wanted to no but it, no one does that the point is is that people are getting artists paid i think that I think that that's what's so fascinating. And that's why you saw so many musicians instantly, without hesitation, jump into this. Um, you know, huh. there's a very, very well-spoken, very articulate electronic musician named Blau. The B is a three. Um, Ooh, cool. But a, a, cool. a very good follow on Twitter um, uh, who talks, I think, really articulate, uh, very articulately. Uh, or is very articulate about this space and sold a collection there, millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars. Um, uh, and you've seen uh, other artists like, you know, 
Dylan Francis or Diplo or Steve Aoki, insert electronic musician DJ here, where you you see their adoption of it because they know that there is a definable revenue stream here that is trackable for their art that they are releasing. Not only is it fun because it's a new space, um, but because there is an accountability and it, there is no way you can't mess with the blockchain. The blockchain is the blockchain. So we know where our money is going. Like I released a, um, an EP as ride along uh, a few years ago. It's just a little, uh, little five or something four, five, six song EP. Hey, well, we'll and, link it if you want. Oh God. Uh, of course. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, it's on Spotify and every quarter or whatever, I'll get my revenues, right? Of how much money I made from people streaming the thing. And, you know, Spotify pays you whatever 0. 0.004 cents per stream, right? Or iTunes pays you a, a little bit more than that, but not that much. Um, but it pales in comparison to the percentage I would get paid if I were to release an NFT and then it got bought and sold. Wow, and, sure. and so there's a reason here for that. And so my, and so to come all the way back around is, is music a Ponzi scheme? Are paintings a Ponzi scheme? The beauty is in the eye of the beholder and we assert value every single day. Every time I go to the, you know, bodega, liquor store, uh, coffee shop, taco stand. I say that this $5 bill is worth that taco. It's worth that bottle of vodka. It's worth that bottle mm. of mezcal. Is worth this used lamp. Right? We're doing that every day. Transactional behavior is, in, is innately human at this point. This is just another form of it. And the... And you can understand why this is becoming so big by how mainstream it has gotten. If you look at the upcoming um, NCAA tournament, right? The NCAA tournament now has an NFT project attached to it. You Whoa. are buying and selling. You are getting a, um, I forget what they call it, but it's like a little wallet, basically, that you store the NFTs of the different players and the right. different and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Uh, if you saw the other day, there was a an account... Um, that has been in the NFT space for a while now. And she just doxed herself as Sia. And everyone's like, hey guys, sorry, it's been Sia the whole time. And everyone's like, what? wait, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, just been a huge fan and just and just a huge Deegan and love uh, the space and love what you guys are doing. I just wanted to come out and just say it. Um, uh, uh, what's the, um, huh. uh, Serena Williams or her sister, I think it was Serena, huge NFT fan. Uh, and like a tweet earlier this year was just like GM, like on her Twitter. And like, she had a crypto punk as her, uh, as her, uh, profile as her PFP. So, uh, Degen by the way is like, is sort for degenerate. I, I, like yeah. A, Cause when a, you said Degen, yeah. I was like, is this people just not wanting to be a Degen? <laughs> so no, no. yeah, I figured sure. Totally. Yeah, Ian, so. Ian's, Ian's going to love to just, you know, slip in. Well, no, I think. Well, I think also it has its own language, uh, and if you can go, and when you go in, 
Like, I thought that that was what was so intriguing to me the first time I got into these discords was that um, they are speaking an entirely different language to each other. And it takes a real desire to learn the, the, the entry point is quite high because you have no idea what's going on. You are entering an other, you're entering another universe. And that to me was instantly like catnip because like, who? Oh, I want to know what are they saying? What's GN? What's GM? What does that, what does that even mean? Why do you say good morning and good night to somebody? Like, what is that about? Uh, what is a rug? Like, that's cool. What does that mean? Right. What is so, a like, rug? What is a rug? So a rug is a project where you, everyone buys in and then the people who started it take the money and run. It was fake. This whole thing was a Ponzi scheme. So it's like a carpet bagger. Yeah. It's a rug pull. They're pulling the rug Fuckers. out from under you. So right? there are shitty people out there. This is oh probably my God. Now, what's earning the, the negative. Now, now let's talk about that because that is a real problem. That's an enormous problem in this space. Scamming is going to be the biggest. I've been rugged before, uh, twice, two different projects. Uh, one that I minted and one that I didn't mint uh, because I was fortunate enough to find a community that I can trust to ask these kind of questions. Now, there are it, there are an enormous amount of scams that are happening in this space because it, they prey upon people who are new, underinformed, undereducated, have a little bit of money and want to be a part of this team, right? They want to get in there. They want to understand and they want to be a part of something. And people prey upon those by either getting into their DMs on Discord or starting a fake Twitter account and saying they're going to release a project. And these kids, a lot of them are kids, are grinding for, you know, 15, 16 hours a day and then at the end of this, they lose real, real money that they will never, ever see again. Yes. And there is no accountability because these people have no identity. They did not dox. Doxing is a big part of the movement of owners right now. A lot of people say that you should not be minting a project unless the developers and the founders are doxed. That is huh. a big part of what's going on. Now, as you can tell, what's interesting about that and why you can see there's been so much push in this way is I would say arguably the biggest blue chip NFT is Board Ape Yacht Club, right? This is the thing you were talking about, the monkeys, right? Right, sure, yes. Th those guys just got doxxed like, like, like about a month ago maybe. Uh, um, is it circa the time that Justin Bieber made the transaction or pre or post? After, it was, I think it was after, Right. yeah. So I bet you... Justin Bieber knew who the fucker was, though. Like, Justin Bieber's not... Well, yeah, it depends. I mean, they came out to be people uh, I, who are, you know, pretty known, I think, by the people who know them. Um, you know, right after it, you know, right after they got docs, Guy O'Siri, like, did the selfie with both of the guys. Like, my boys, finally, congratulations on everything, you know. So, like, I don't think it was an enormous secret to a lot of people. Um, but it was definitely a big secret to the community at large. Um, so, but, but those people are doxxed, um, and more and more people are coming out and saying, you should be doxxed. We should know who you are. So that way, if something goes wrong, 
something was wrong. Now there was a big rug pull, uh, or depending, I mean, who knows at this point, um, there, this, a case, I guess we could call it called squiggles, uh, which was a, a squiggles, which was a, uh, one that I was a part of, uh, very early. I had like OG status, which means like first 500 in the discord, and it grew to having like 300,000 people that wanted to be a part of this thing. And like the night before the mint, they dropped this like 62 page essay about these people, this being a rug pull and like, it's a mess. Don't do it. And then they ended up going through with the mint. Uh, should we explain what a mint is? Do we know what a, yeah, did, did Nick yeah. Clark talk about this? Well, no, we, we, this is something, nauseum, this is something we, helpful. we didn't, we didn't cover. Um, but, okay, but so let's, Context clues, I think I understand it, but I think for the audience, let's just, just talk explain about explain it for people that don't get it. Yeah, if you don't know what a mint is, <laughs> well, can uh, I can I hop in before you? Uh, oh, <laughs> just just a real quick to help it, just to help explain yeah. this because there's NFTs kind of, and then there's this minting process that he's going to start talking about, right? So, so the, isn't so that the same what thing? Do you, what do you mean, Masu? Well, what I what I mean is earlier you were talking about like musicians releasing their NFTs and the NCAA releasing their NFTs, right? And the idea that on an NFT that there's a that there's a line of code in it that when it's bought and sold, the artist continues to make money off of it. Okay. So you can so that's the concept of what an NFT is, how it can be helpful for artists and a new way for artists to make money in the future. And this is one of the nice values of NFTs is that you can instead of like trying to get a million followers on your YouTube channel in order to start getting ad revenue, you can just sell one uh, episode of something and it be as an NFT and yeah. make revenue as it, mm -hmm. as it moves on. So that's a new way of content creation income streams, yes. like content creators making income. Now what mm -hmm. he's about to talk about is a particular space within that, right? Where these are visual artists and what they do is they make a uh, 10,000 variations of the same concept. That's what Bored Apes is. There's 10,000 Bored Apes, but they all have different variations. Those variations then determine their value, right? So when there's a minting, and not to say that other NFTs aren't quote unquote minted, but what he's about to talk about is before the mint comes is before these 10,000 variations of this particular art form become an NFT, they become minted. And that process, so that's a particular sector of NFTs that both him and Nick Clark play in. So- Interesting. I think that's a pretty good categorization of it. I will just give some more, like, uh, there is a little bit more of a granular aspect to this, which is yes, um, you could have an NFT of a discernible thing. And I think that's what Masu is alluding to. Like, let's say, um, let's use the Whitney Houston catalog, for instance. They just did an unreleased Whitney Houston song Whoa. as an NFT. Whoa. Okay, so that's, now, that's not a mint, right? Because we know what that song is and someone owns it. So it's right? kind of like the one CD existing of the Wu-Tang album. Right, right, exactly sort of. right. Yeah, that yes. was a er, very early NFT, for sure. In the physical manifestation of the form, yes. like the idea of it. Okay. But, and so I'm, and I'm going to talk about that, which is this concept that, of a project that I'm part of, which is called uh, 
uh, fidgetal, which is well, the project is called Antonym, but it's it's a fidgetal meaning I own an NFT and I will be getting a physical statue. Oh, fidgetal soon. Yeah, I love that. It's very clever uh, brand. Uh, very interesting branding. Anyway, so let's go back to this minting thing. So yes, in in the world of NFTs, it is not uncommon. Now, Masu said ten thousand. It could be anything. Like I'm in part of that does seem to be generally what I've seen a lot. Or there's a lot of nine 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 nines. There's a lot of seven 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 sevens. There's a lot of eight 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 eights. There's a lot of fourth four 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 fourth. They they vary. But yes, the for the big collections, ten thousand is has become kind of the standard bearer. Now what's what will happen to walk you through it is a Twitter first of all is the is the space. That is where everything, all the hype happens. That's where all the communities start is they start a, a Twitter page. So Got they'll it. come out and they say, we're going to be, let's just call it um, Boxhead. Okay. Boxhead is the NFT that we're starting. Smart. We come up with the idea of Boxhead. We hire a uh, graphic designer, an artist, somebody to be our person who's going to make 10,000 Boxheads. We start a Twitter page. We start drumming up interest about what this NFT is, the ethos behind it, what it could look and sound like, or maybe what it could sound like. We'll get into that in a second, but what it would look like. And we start gaining a following on Twitter and we have our community on Discord in the background getting ready to open the floodgates. Okay. Uh, that is founders. That is mods, which are moderators. Those are people moderating. And then there's different levels in that community that you would assign to people based on how early they heard about this project, right? The diehards, right? So that's where you hear these terms like OG, OG. right? Like we were here early. We were here first. So hipster. Very hipster. Um, and so then... As they start letting people into this Discord, they're building the hype. On Twitter, they're building the hype. They're releasing it a little bit at a time. The link to their Discord can be a mystery and figuring out puzzles to find out wow, this is how to get in. Brilliant marketing. Brilliant. It's so the FOMO of NFTs plays a very big part of this. Um, uh, you're, maybe you get an influencer, Mary Gary V, like shouts out your your NFT was like the Holy grail and we'll just pump your price. Right. So, but long, but what happens is, is like on mint day, which is the thing that we're all building towards. We all have this amount of money in our wallets, right? The most common wallet is called MetaMask. Okay. Which is a digital place to store it, your digital currency. In my case, Ethereum in Nick Clark's case, AVAX. And, we go to a website and we click a button. Now, when we click that button, we get a number between one and 10,000. That's our 10,000 collection. And we wait for the reveal of that. And during the reveal is when you're building the hype. So in your NFT wallet, it just is like this image that's kind of like either rotating or like playing a song or like vibrate something is happening and it's waiting and it's not uncommon for us to wait for reveal be like a week so in that time when we all bought we're just all talking about how excited we were how smooth the mint was like what did it go off without a hitch did anybody have trouble minting all that kind of stuff right and then 
the reveal is when you finally see what you have. And what Masu was talking about was its rarity. So each of the configurations of the different ape, or in our case, our blockhead, maybe our one, maybe our most rare blockhead isn't even a block at all, right? Our most rare blockhead is actually just a face with a fireball. And there's only one of them. It's called a one of one, right? Because there's only one in 10,000 of those, that is incredibly rare and incredibly valuable. Okay. So there's another competing project that I really love called Azuki. And Azuki is kind of from the anime space. Um, and they have these things called spirit Azukis, which are very, very rare. So it's like the, the, the art on them is just stunning and there's no face. It's just like this, it's this magical creature. Anyway, very expensive because there aren't that many spirit Azukis. Wow. Um, there's certain bored apes that are very, very rare. However, as a project gets more and more valuable, the floor, which is what it's called, goes up. And the floor means the cheapest entry point. Regardless of rarity, regardless of how rare your project is, it starts to be more and more expensive to get in. That's why Bored Ape, which just crossed, is the first project to get a 100 ETH floor. So what that means is that if you want to get a Bored Ape, you better have $300,000 because that's how much it costs to get in. Wow. Now it has gone up and down. It went down. Um, we've been in a bit of an NFT winter lately. It's been a very bear market for NFTs recently. Um, it was very hopping when I got in, like in that kind of December, January, it was just popping. It's been, the volume has been down, but still, um, when you when you see these bored apes on people's PFPs, like have you guys started to see Twitter has the hexagon? Right. Yes. Yeah, right. we talked a bit about that last week. Yeah. Right. So every person that you see that has a bored ape as their hexagon, that means they own that. that they own that, and what they have is probably worth somewhere in the, you know it's going to vary as ETH goes up and down, right? Um, is worth somewhere between two hundred fifty and three hundred thousand dollars minimum, minimum. And the second and they sell that, yes, Twitter knows because it's connected to the wallet, and they lose the hexagon on that. Yeah, right, right, got it. And you so, know, and, and part go ahead, of, you know, part of what Ian has explained to me before is before the minting, or or what I don't know the exact term, but like after you've minted, but you're waiting for the the actual reveal. reveal. Everybody in the Discord is like trying to con convince each other to hold the floor at a certain level, right? Because and that's yes. where the value comes. If everybody in this, who's who's got uh, who's got a piece of this ten thousand collection, says we won't sell for anything less than three thousand, mm. then that's your floor. But if you got some Yahoo's like I'm going to sell it for five hundred, that just totally throws off the market. That's called, that's called flipping. So flipping an NFT is basically saying, okay, I minted for 0.08 ETH, okay? And then for quick money, I put it and I list it as like 0.1 ETH because I just want the money. I'm just in it for the quick flip, right? But you control your own destiny in NFTs, which is why the community aspect is so important. 
right? One, the, the, I'm the most passionate and the most involved community that I'm in is called Metaverse, okay? And this is an incredible group. Some people would call it an alpha group. Some people do call it an alpha group. An alpha group is a place where you would go to get very high level information about the space. It's like, oh, I'm in an alpha group. It's like, oh, what is that? It's like, oh, it's a, it's a place where insiders are talking about inside information. Um, it's not, it's just a community. It, does, it is a closed discord. But so that happens to it. have people that know what they're talking about. Exactly right. And they also are putting out an NFT, uh, this that's coming this summer. I'm super, super bullish on this community. I think that they really have what it takes to create something that is kind of singular in the market. And I've been a part of it for a long time now. Um, I've worked my way up into the collective of them and uh, just really lucky to have met all these people in the space, not only because they were just really good people, but I think also because they've really taught me so much about what what projects I should be looking at, what projects I shouldn't be looking at, good spends, like what creators, what founders I should be talking to, all that kind of stuff. It's been very influential in my NFT career. I owe them pretty much everything that I know. Now, what happens when you have a community that is this tight-knit, what I think the value there is, who's going to get in there and flip that project? Why would you? Why would you short your brothers and sisters on money? When you come out, you should be guns, you should be taking care of each other and setting a floor. You dictate your own future. So if you're in there with a bunch yeah. of people who are just there for the money and they're like, yeah, I, I made $500 to a lot of people, that's a lot of money. But what they don't see is that you could be making $500,000. You are telling people the value of your NFT by what you're listing it at. It's self-generating. So good community could lead to good buyers, could lead to good, uh, could lead to good returns. Yeah, totally. You're helping me to understand this in a way I hadn't. The idea of you know, I've been part of forums. I, you know, I did the chat room thing. I have oh, my yeah, own community. Did. Like, to <laughs> my funny first experience with the chat room was on the Nickelodeon chat room. And it's like, hi, you know, talking. And <laughs> there there was an adult man. Did you talking use that voice? Yes, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there, there was an adult man talking to me, like so. Like I'm, I'm all for. I, I, I know the, I know of what you're speaking. The idea of having to get into a community and then get to know these people sounds exhausting to me. That's a personal thing. That well, I'm, here's the well. Here's the other thing too is that in, I think it was kind of the perfect storm in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. through the pandemic mm -hmm. what happened to all of us is that we lost one of the most important parts of the human experience which is connection connection to our friends connection to our families it was a very isolating time it was a very um, emotionally upending time for a lot of people um, it was very financially draining to a lot of people 
And the Discord communities, I think, were a place for people to turn to in a lot of ways where you didn't have to worry about getting dead by talking to your friends. And sure, you could see them any time of day because these discords are around the world. I'm talking to people who live in, there's a big Aussie contingency in the NFT space. So you're talking to people from Australia, Korea, the Philippines, UK, New York, they're all over the world, right? And anytime I open up my phone, I mean, right now I have over, you know, close to 30 messages waiting for me. That's a great feeling, especially for people who were isolated. Now I'm, I feel I found, I've, I'm incredibly blessed. I have such an incredible group of friends and family around me who care about me, who support me, who check in on me, who make sure I'm doing okay, who I can go to lunch with. Very, 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 very lucky, very blessed. There are a lot of people in this world who don't have that. We're looking for friends. We're looking for community. We're looking to find someone to call or talk to. And these Discord communities are there for them. They're saying, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you believe. If you want to believe in this ape, we're here. <laughs> and we're going to take care of you. And you and you want to talk to us. The, almost every NFT chat has a mental health section. That's a channel that right. you can go yes. in yeah. and talk to and learn about and find inspiration, ask questions, um, just have a, you know, um, a moment with somebody. Um, and I do believe that if we can get rid of the scams, if we can get better information through education, more transparency that these types of communities offer something that that is beyond monetary value for society. It is a place for people to find home in a way that they really otherwise can't because they're not given the opportunity. Life is hard sometimes. It can be hard to make new friends. It can be hard to make lasting friendships. The people that I'm seeing in these communities who are spending all this time together really are building something that is bigger than a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. The only thing I can say is as someone who is at the helm of a community, I underestimated how important that was for people until I was, you know, providing that for people. In yeah. a sense. So um, everything you're saying, I I didn't give it the credit. The cynic in me wants to go, these people are just going to be taken advantage of. That being said, I don't believe that, especially the way you're explaining it. But I can see why people might as assume that. Right. Well, and I think some of these people are going to get taken advantage of. Right, which is unfortunate. And that is the problem. What I'm calling for in the Web3 space in general is more accountability 
more transparency, more specificity, a better education system. And there are some incredible projects where their whole focus is that. Like uh, the BFF uh, friendship bracelet is an incredible oh, example cute. of this, which is um, start. Uh, there's a lot of celebrities attached to it um, because I think, but it's all women. Okay. The whole founding of it is all women. And um, when you go into their discord, it is all about education. It is all about saying, when you're here, ask questions. When you're here, meet somebody and ask them what's going on. There's a whole list of all the terms that I've been dropping. Like it says, there's like a little code breaker thing, like a little... Um, uh, how to talk in our space if you want to know kind of thing. Um, how to set up your MetaMask wallet. All that kind of stuff because they realize that, not big surprise, uh, there are a lot of dudes in this space. There are a lot of dudes because it's very, you know, there's a, there, it's a, it's a no brainer for gamer guys, right? Like all the dudes that were playing Halo online with each other with their headsets and their talking thing, they were doing this already. It's not different than starting a Halo team. Uh, and so, but it can be, I think, a little off putting to women because there's so many dudes in there. So there have become some very world of women, incredible, incredible uh nft um community uh women based um at the uh metaverse has some incredible women in it uh the the woman who's writing on it jay mays uh who writes for stranger things she's the new uh showrunner for damien chazelle's new show uh for apple called lucia um she's the creative director of the nft and so there's going to be a whole storyline. And this is like real, you know, she's hired for real jobs in our community. I love that. I So, yeah. I so I would just close by saying like when you when you put the microscope to these communities, there is going to be a pass or fail and some of them should fail. But some of them should also be heralded for the work that they're doing and for the opportunities that they're providing, not only for the artists who are making money, but also for, you know, the uh, um, the community people that are, are thriving. You're selling on me. You're selling me on it in a different way than I had been before. On on both sides, right? Trying to. I think the FOMO is real. <laughs> we all experience it in different ways, and it's heartening to hear that there are also people who want to keep people in the fold and take care, as opposed to take advantage of. I think just like with Without anything, people are going to demonize something that they just don't understand. I think that that's the biggest. Uh, and it's so weird, right? Like, it's such an easy target. It looks like a Ponzi scheme from the outside. Well, that People and in general, we're a society that just reads one headline that goes, NFTs are bad for the environment. Everyone goes, well, I don't agree with that then. Or they see one company that doesn't like NFTs and they go, great, that's how I feel about it. That's my 
Yeah, the the energy thing and all this stuff around, you know, because every time that you buy an NFT, you you have the the purchase of it, but then there's also something called gas, your gas fees. That's what it takes for you to have the computers running to um, mint it, right? right? Right, right. And the gas fees can end up in something called gas wars, which is basically like if there's a very popular project coming out during a public sale, the gas war happens, which means like a bunch of people are going at the same time. So instead of your NFT costing what should be like $80, it costs like $400 because of the computers that it costs to make it. Now, yes, are NFTs bad for the environment? There are some, Nick Clark will tell you, and he is right, that AVAX is a much greener coin than ETH is, right? But there is change. ETH is coming out with ETH 2.0, which, you know, is going to happen. But I will say to all of the people... I will send pie graphs to everyone. The amount of energy that is being used or the greenness of this. We got we've got bigger fish to fry. Sure, totally. In in the in the world of uh, of a creating a greener society, there are a lot bigger fish to fry than the NFT community, for sure. It's kind also, of like saying, put your recycling away when Monsanto is still, you know, wasting our water. Well, um, and also when, when, when you're recycling, just so we're clear, it's, it's not going seven, anywhere. seven <laughs> to 10, less than 7% of what you recycle, I think actually is recycled. And it's I guess like that's nine, what I mean. It's like, it's putting the yeah. onus on the individual. And when in reality, yeah. it, it, China it's, is not, not buying it's not our easy. recycling yeah. anymore. So yeah, no, that we, I, where is I'm it going? Where are we? Where is it going? Yeah, and, and, and LA, and where was it going uh, to begin with? In LA, it's really a joke. The blue bin is there for you to feel good about yourself. Correct. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, you know. it's security theater. It's a, it's there to allow you to feel like it's not mm. security theater. Security theater is at the airport. I apologize. I misappropriated the term, but there's a theatricality mm. to the experience of recycling, right? That has absolutely nothing to do with recycling. And I think like, you know, when you, when you look at emerging technologies and emerging industries, um, there's always going to be pitfalls at the beginning. And I, we've talked about this a lot uh, on the show, but it, it's the Wild West when it comes to crypto right now. Just like it was a bit of the Wild West when the Internet first came out and cream's going to rise, you know, and 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 shit's going to fall. Um and as if if our society continues to look at this technology and blockchain uh, as being valuable and integral to the things that we want to do, things are going to get more regulated. They're going to get you know more more transparent. They're going to have to look at ways to to produce it better. Um, and and so it's it's all part of that process. Part of the reason why right now there's you know you there's so much criticism around it is because it it is the wild west. There are yeah. literal Ponzi schemes out there. There are yeah. scams out there. There are coins that are going nowhere, and yes. there there is um, yeah, definitely an, an energy problem. That but that every, but if you don't think that all of these developers aren't concerned about that, then they're, they're not the the. If they're not concerned about that, then they're not going to make it the, the long distance. It's why Ethereum is switching to Ethereum 2.0, which is supposed to be a more environmentally friendly way to do their stuff. Because they know if they don't, 
people are going to stop using it. They're going to say, fuck 100%. this. I'm going to, I'm going to go to AVAX or whatever else. I'm going to go somewhere else. So just like any, you know, any sort of capitalistic environment, competition uh, breeds uh, innovation. You know, now, ideally, exactly right. you, you know, like the, the idea here in terms of like how capitalism can actually be good for the environment um, is tricky because what it does is it, because capitalism depends on like, what are people, where are people putting their money? If people only put their money into corporations that were green and environmentally friendly, I guarantee you that that would become uh, what is valued and become well, and they have, and then capital, yeah, and they they have, and they do. It's evolving are. to that, right? It's yeah, evolving. you're voting. Yes. You're voting with your dollar, right? Mm -hmm. It's like everyone bought a Prius. Wow, interesting. Should we make more Priuses? Everyone's buying Impossible Meat. Should we make more Impossible Meat? They have to have supply and demand to make capitalism work. And Masu's a thousand percent right. He also slyly dropped another. This is where the drops would happen. Every time someone uses like a term in the NFT space, we should hit like a bell. Masu said they're not going to make it. And that's actually one of there's a term like when you're in a discord to say NGMI, which is like not going to make it. And it's used to say like, you know, this person doesn't get it or you can say it as a joke, like if you flipped something super early or paper handed it, which is like getting rid of it before it blew up, you could say like, oh, NGMI, that dude's not going to make it. You could also say the opposite, which would be uh, WGMI or WA, we are going to make it, which is oftentimes, <laughs> but it's actually, we're all going to make it. Ah, oh, I love that. It's so inclusive. Exactly. That's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. Oh my well, god! The, the survival of the technology depends on the entire community <laughs> sticking together. So therefore, it breeds love and acceptance. So I think I need to start a, a Valley Girls uh, NFT community because I'm OG Valley Girl. I'm I, two generation Valley Girl. Are you really? Yeah. I feel like honestly, if you're interested in it. I'm down. Great. Let's do it. I got, I, listen, not only do I have this TV show idea, I have two NFT ideas. There you go. <sighs> now, let but, me tell you this. You don't have time for it. I know I don't. I know I don't. I have no time to do this podcast. I know. So here's <laughs> my point, though. But what I will onboard you on, if you want, is uh, I will offer a follow-up time to help you get into a Discord that is, uh, you know, early and inclusive and you know sounds awesome not to get ripped apart and wrecked by some scam um and see if it's see if there's anything if there's there if there's a there there i will say i will say though you have to it sounds like it's not the the discord part of it is not for you that's not true. Like, it's it's just knowing where my energy is going. So you're right with time in general. Um, I I have to. It's like with the amount of friends that I have. When you have fifty friends and you're like, oh, this this one's cool. One of them is gonna have to fall off because you can only have so many close friends. So I just have to be aware of in general. You can have as many close friends as you want. It's impo it's impossible. You cannot. It's not consciously. 
Ooh, we can dif- we can differ on this. It's it's it depends what you mean by close. I have also, acquaintances also, that I care about. Uh huh. And I have people but, that I actively think about. And there's some someone's going to get the short end of the Jessica stick. So, well, but here's the question, which is like you categorizing who those people are in your life might not be reciprocated about who you are in their life. That I'm aware of. Right. So I guess my point is just like, you actually might have a lot of very close friends, some of which you think you spend a lot of time with and some people on the other way who, you know, you don't spend a lot of time with, but are incredibly important to you and you're incredibly important to them. I am aware, actually, you know, you spoke about like being super blessed. I'm I'm beyond blessed in that way as well. And it kind of blows my mind that people that come to, people I've not met in real life come to my chat, come to my discord and actively think about me and like, Oh, and us as a community. So I'm not, I'm not saying that's not of interest to me. It's, it's just knowing where the energy goes at the end of the day. So if I'm like, if I like all the BFF chicks, that's energy I want to expend essentially. So, but then that means there's no more podcast, Nick. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. But (laughs) really scared him. Uh, He needs this podcast. I'm like one year away from having an assistant that runs five things for me so that I can do the things that I want to do. So uh, it's not, not for me. I just know, I just know I have to be interested in it. I 100% agree. And I think once you sell this TV show, you'll be great. I'm not worried. It's, It's just a matter of time. believe me um the very oft used whispering into a podcast (laughs) i know very for as 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 physical as i am i do my best to really uh modulate my voice yeah really truly um i guess i just had not i think nick nick clark lightly talked about the discord community i had not understand stood the community impact well I just didn't know that this community impact was such a thing. But but that's why I wanted to bring them both on, because they play a different game. Nick Clark isn't in discords the way Ian is. Because of the the avalanche or the AVAX world that he plays in is different. Right. Well, let's, let's actually, let's just, let's tease that out just a little bit. Nick Clark is in discords. And the AVAX community exists in Discord. There's Solana, there's AVAX, there's a, the, there's all different types of coins, and anybody can be in a Discord. And I have been in AVAX Discords that, uh, it's all the same platform, that Nick Clark has invited me to. I think the difference that is chiefly between us is I'm in like 20 Discords of 20 different NFTs, some of which I'm a part of, some of which I'm not a part of. And um, when you um, when when you're doing all of these discords, I think it's it's just like I get into that kind of stuff. Like I really genuinely am a communicative person. I like talking to people. It's probably why I do the job that I do. It's because I'm just I'm just intrinsically interested in humans and so the discord space is a great way to do that and i could just jump in and be communicative with a bunch of different people from a million different places 
I don't think Clark is as interested in that. He would be interested in, you know, maybe a more specific he's couple intri- of communicative he's, communities. He's, it's funny that you're communicative. That you're, you probably intimated what I was going to say. He likes the intricacies. He likes the... Um, he's so technical and granular and weird. Yeah. Yes. For sure. And so I'm into And we just need like, those people too in the, 100%, commu- in well, the community. That's the thing is, you know, he he definitely adds value. That's a big thing in these communities is adding value, right? Selflessness. You know, you're not getting a whitelist by asking for it, right? It's that fight club motto of like, how do you, you know, the first rule of fight club is not talking about fight club. One of the biggest things about these communities, whitelisting, sorry. Well, white so list- I'm going to jump uh-huh. in there and I'm going to offer you one thing. Whitelisting exists in gaming spaces, and it's clear oh. that it exists here. Whitelisting yeah. means that you're able to be on that uh, server, let's say, or you, right. you're you not blacklisted. I'm going to offer this to you, and this is, mm-hmm. could be something you can champion. It has its roots in racism. and So bad. It is bad. So And segregation, obviously. So I, I don't have the answer. But like, there's got to be well, a different go- term. It's already well. It's already going away. Okay. I I I'm using it as a way of because that's what people have. It's the it's still in adopted it's common it. nomenclature. Still, it's like in the zeitgeist. But I'm I'm curious. It's I try I try not even be- to say you know it's, nothing's black and white. Even though I recognize there's those are polar opposites. But like I totally. try and say cut and dry more than anything. Like. Just not to perpetuate it. No, and I and I, as I was saying it, it was like, oh, I've actually tried to make a more. I've tried to make a more concerted effort to get out of it because there's so many other things that people have been saying, which is like mint listing, right? It's just like, oh, mint list, great. But uh, there does need to be one that also jumps the shark. Or jumps, you know, jumps the gate to gaming as well. So that when you're putting someone in your server, so like someone can play Minecraft with me, it shouldn't. I've I've whitelisted you. You know, we sh- we do need something that like just fits that in the same way, but t- deletes that terminology. So yes, could agree more. Yeah, great, love it. It's We're awful. so woke, also in this podcast. You know what I mean? I think just in general, I think it's not a bad idea to just get better examine things right like there's something wrong Well, words have power and we need to start realizing that like it's i mean we've real i think we as a society have probably realized it especially if you live on you know a coast or a popular city you realize that you can't just say whatever you want now tell me on this note i know we're veering off topic here but i need a little (laughs) i need a little help and guidance here i have for better or for worse uh installed a word into my daughter's vocabulary that she uses all the time now. And I think I may have, damn it, I may have set her up for hard times ahead. Or you tell me, maybe it's not so bad. The word, uh, the word crazy. We're not supposed to say that word, right? Are we supposed to say that word anymore? Are we not supposed to say that word? Crazy as a, as a term that was used to describe people with mental illness a derogatory term crazy this is but it's so I mean, imbe- it's so embedded in me like i don't use i use that word like 
crazy to me means something else. You know, it means like here's rant, like, it means like full free expression of whatever's there. Like let's get crazy. So you know? here's what I'm going to offer. This is the first time I've ever heard that, though I can understand maybe that I being also a trigger. Well, you guys have not spent as much time in the mental health field you're as so, I have. You're know? so woke. In those so, mental spaces. <laughs> so the thing, here's what I will say. Whether you've set her up for failure or really this does catch on as a term that we need to delete from or, you know, be smart about. I used to be on the playground calling people the F word or calling people the R word. And and those things are have been deleted from my brain. So my mind doesn't go there anymore. I was raised by an Italian man who was like, yeah, you know, effing, you know, blah, 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 you know. So, and it was common nomenclature. Not, uh, that's not the right word. You've been saying nomenclature. Um, da, 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 it, was da, da, it, da, it was the parlance of your time. The parlance but, of but my But true, time. but what I'm saying is, is that is, I mean, apparently, maybe I'm wrong. I was going to say, is it the parlance of the time that that word is already Whether being is from this isn't. younger generation? Whether it is or isn't, I think if, it might if be. she learns it that it is and her generation doesn't use it, it will go away for her. So is, yeah. is my point. Second After she's of all, been outcast. <laughs> second second of, all, of all, I've never, I hadn't heard this yet. I know that there there have been some pushes for something similar. I can't even remember it now. Or like calling people dumb or idiots or something like that for the same reason. I can say for I can I can say for certainty referring to somebody with a gen, with a genuine mental illness as crazy is derogatory. Yes, I can tell you that with absolute yes. certainty. Think, yeah, but I we're think not there saying is a that. We're, yeah. yeah, we're saying know, your daughter. Well, but there are other of no mental illness. Yeah, but it's just like it's just like using other words. It's like you wouldn't. Yeah, but using that the R word you talked about in reference to somebody who who does not have any sort of uh, syndromes or diagnoses. Well, that's what I'm saying is I'm not arguing for it to continue to be used because I don't want to be I'm on that side. It, but but it's, Ian's it's looking at me like I'm I'm crazy for thinking that oh, crazy. No, it's not. It's I can't like, believe you just said that. But this, but this is the here's the thing. Here's the thing that I keep coming back to is that. We, as I'm assuming, we can all call ourselves the left on this podcast. Yes. Uh, somewhere on the left. Of my, dad, my dad just uh, choked somewhere, but yes. Yeah. I don't so, choose to, to take signs, but sure. Oh okay. my God. In a non, in a non I'm, a le- I'm a left leaning, uh, value based person. Okay. Wonderful. I'm a, in a, yes, somewhere. We, I think, have to be, we have to be acutely aware of, how we're handling this discussion. I think that we do ourselves a a big disservice about language in a lot of ways and shaming people uh, by what they say before it's, it's about looking down your nose and judgment before education sometimes with what we're doing. I just want to be careful. Like crazy is one of those ones where I intrinsically understand that to the person who does not want to be woke, who does not want to engage, this is one of those ones where it's like, are we going, are we going too far? I could see this as one of those ones where it's like, I get it, but it might be one 
too far. Where you lost, you can lose someone based off of this argument. <laughs> like yes, someone that is exactly going like to... the, like the R word and the F word. I I get it. I understand it, and I think somebody else, even on the other side, whether they want to continue using the word or not, will agree. Under- yeah, will agree. Could crazy, agree. Could agree. But crazy is one of those ones where it's like, oof. Yeah, but there are other words that there are there are other words out there. I know, but there are other words out there that refer to ethnic identifications that we are choosing to say, or at least people on the left are choosing to say, blah blah blah. Let's say like, let's say like anything that denotes uh, you know indigenous peoples or or Native Americans, like oh, let's have a powwow or or Ah. things of that nature, right? You would say, well, what? That, no, that's you, you can't use that. That's not that's a cultural appropriation, right? So there are words that maybe um, people on the right would be like, "Oh, what are you talking about? We're just talking about let's have a conversation," you know. And when you look at mental health, there are words that are buzzwords that really ping with people in the mental health world. People who have who um, you know who live with um, diagnoses, and crazy is one of those words. Here's what I offer in general conversation, tough conversation. And I think there's, there is no NFT adjacent NFT adjacent. It's, it's cut. It's not cut and dry. What I, what I think this is how I operate. If I've done something that has offended somebody or triggered somebody, somebody, and they were to tell me so, I know that that is not something that that's not a word I can use with that person. And then you get overarching words or phrases as you move through life and go ah interesting the r word is no longer accepted anywhere right or yep. whatever and i'm not saying I, I i was one of the last people to try and use that i used it 10 years ago and some there's one place that's it. still accepted it's in boston but we, we give them a pass i don't think that's even true because <laughs> i think well, there's plenty of Marky boston Mark people who can't help sucks. themselves that's yeah. fair <laughs> it, it probably means something completely different that's, to a, them. that's actually a great qualifier it's like yeah if I'm someone says, to, I don't want to hear you. Right. I'm, the, yeah, I'm not word. here for that. Yeah. That, yeah I think it's as simple as that. It's triggering it's, for me. And it's not easy for that person that has been triggered to say that. But um, so I'm, I'm, I play RPGs and the big push towards RPGs now is a consent form. What are the co- topics you do not want to talk about? What are the topics you're okay with talking about but might need a yellow light on? What are green light topics? And it just runs it runs the gamut. And this this you could be cynical and we're all improvisers. You're like, well, you're taking all these things off the table that we could tell stories about. But would you rather tell mm. a story where people feel safe and then they can express themselves? Or do you want to bring in, you know, abuse and shut down your fellow actor? Like, if you know what your terms of agreement are on, you could probably enjoy yourself a little bit better. So in general, if someone were to come to me and say, I don't like the term crazy, my sister was legally deemed crazy or whatever i'm gonna go great thank you so much i I appreciate the correction and move the fuck on and not say crazy to that person if i can if i can help it yeah or stop hanging out with that person because they're crazy so um i can hear the letters flying through the mail they're coming episode episode 38 there was no episode 38 death 
but by a thousand paper cuts. It's so gonna re- it's going to get removed off of Spotify when we get our big contract. One hundred percent. We we don't get a whole because we're explicit. Whether yeah, we said you guys get an award of something, didn't you guys just get recognized? Yeah, like if you a, could give us an award, what would it be? Um, most uh, most thought provoking <laughs> podcast of of the early twenty twenties. Wow. I'm, I I feel like you're being facetious, but I'll take it. Um, you guys are talking did. about the real things in here. This I didn't realize that the NFT. I genuinely thought I was coming here to talk about NFTs, and I realized that I wasn't. So this is to make it about me, like like always. Again. I one of my big proponents in general <laughs> is to be authentic, which is why. I want to say the pussy word, which is why I'm on stream talking about whatever I want, which is why I don't really feel like there's a topic that we can't talk about. Um, And which is why I like the idea of, let's just say web three, like you mentioned, I'd rather my identity online be like tied to my social security more than anything else. I want all of us to not be able to hide behind screen names, et cetera. Like if you know, I wanted to know it's Sia. I want to, if I ever create an NFT, I want you to know it's me. I I don't, I I think the, the uh, anonymity factor of things really allows for a lot of abuse. Um, I agree. Well, and I think also you'll see a lot of the communities where people really do find a home and they are not scams and that they are in it for the right reasons. Like there is no anonymity like this week in um, South by Southwest, very blue chip uh, project called doodles um, had (laughs) you just, can you just stop for a second and realize what you just said? A yes. blue chip project called Doodle. At South Doodle. by Southwest. Yeah, blue chip pro- it's one full sentence that just got said on our podcast. It's amazing. It's so true. That uh, you never thought you would say two years ago. Without a doubt. I don't think anybody thought it. But yeah, they had like a whole thing. Like you could go to the Doodles section where you showed your wow. NFT, which gave you access to meeting people and meeting other Doodles and like... Diplo DJ'd one of the parties one night, and there was everyone. Was Diplo dumb. doodles. Oh, Diplo actually. Yeah, doodles. I think he. They may have. They may have made a Diplo. They may have made Diplo a custom for it. I'd have to look. He was also associated with this one called Dippies, um, which was like this like hippie like coming from hippie Dippies. Oh, cute! Super yeah. cute. Uh, I don't know if he just like said yes. To, I think being a part of it, um, I don't think he was like an. an I, I have to do my homework he, a little he bit was, more. Uh, he he was tweeted a, about it. Kind of, he wasn't a dev, but you know, just a, just your average. He was attached. Guy. He was attached. You know. Yeah, he was pinned. They pinned. They pinned. They pinned him. So here's why I I knew early on we, we were going to have to have you back when when Nick is in full paternity mode. I'll have you back. We'll talk about other crap. I because I'm I'm basically gonna I'm gonna have like rotating hosts co-host with me because it's not like he offers much anyway at this point he's just the name the, he's so, just gonna realize that like the podcast g- got better when I <laughs> season two is when nick comes back post post paternity i don't know can you see the boobs a little bit better now for some reason they're a little less oh yeah yeah they're a little less oh, fuzzy yeah they're what a great look it honestly i saw i saw them and i went 
Oh, yeah, that's what I, I was like my first adult art piece that I invested in that I was, this was my NFT. So uh, if you had to give us, if you had to summarize this whole podcast in one sentence or like a title, what would it be? Um, wow. The human experience, past, present, and future. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anything you want our audience to know about? <laughs> Beware of judging things before you truly understand them. I think that one of the downfalls of Twitter and one of the downfalls of clickbait and the, the web in general has made us believe the headline and not really understand where the headline came from, why it exists. Uh, we have become death. We have become a society that is death by soundbite. We have judged people before understanding them. We have made assumptions about people and communities before we've understood them. And it is so easy to scroll and just go on your Twitter feed or go on your Instagram and believe that is true just because you saw it or because someone said it and you fail to realize who said it, why they said it or what they're even talking about. And you yourself haven't even really done any work to create an informed opinion about something. So before you go down that rabbit hole, take a moment, think about why that judgment exists. And if it was easier to have that judgment, than it was to actually spend a little bit of time investigating. And if you arrive at the same place, great. At least you did your homework. Um, but we have to be careful of the temptation um, of uh, believing the soundbite. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a huge, that's a great advice. And one that I try to, I try to do as often as possible. Nick, you did not fail us. On getting a good guest. Too bad you weren't able to join us today. But it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. I think what's interesting, what we've decided is that Jess, is it Jessica or Jess? Do you guys? Do uh, Jess is is the mic, is when people are comfortable with me. So you you pass the test. Am I in on You're, the Jess? You got Jess. You got it. It's a big moment. It's a big moment. I know. You, I know. It's got, a big you just moment. Got Jess listed. You got Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Nick was here the whole time. That's why we pay him the big bucks. Nick was the friends we made along the way. Uh, so Jess, yes, um, I would say. Wait, what was I even talking? About? I don't even know. A, it was such a grenade into the conversation that Masu just. Well, that's threw. why I don't say. You know, I don't want to interrupt. You guys, you know. Oh, you said that I it was clear about? that Jess, based off of Nick not being here. Something. Oh, I was. Oh, oh, oh. That's what I was saying. No, I, it, 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 it's clear that Jess and I probably have a podcast. <laughs> Nick is going to be so sad. <laughs> but I, is it just me that's feeling this? I don't. No, know. no, 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 no. There's something. There's something here. Um, I did say here. in the in the in our in the text intro to you too. I said you both are going to hit it off great. I did say that. It's, That's true. You that was listen. I one of the best additions to my life has been Nick Masu, and I've known him five years, six years now. And I knew when we met 
it's oh this guy's it's, it's almost six or seven. Oh yeah i guess longer than that um when uh, he, he was my teacher basically when we first met and um very quickly that relationship t- turned into uh like I didn't respect him and he didn't respect me. And, you know, it was like friends more than anything. Like I would be like, he'd be teaching us something. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like it just became contentious in the best way. And so in the Challenging. last, no, no, I, I, I guess like I knew I could, I knew I could fuck with him. I knew he was like a bro. I knew he was like a bro that I could joke around with. <laughs> like I have a good read on dudes that I can be like, ah, I got your number. I know how to fuck with you. Like, and, and I don't at the same time though, fully, respecting his opinion and take on improv um (laughs) truly truly (laughs) then i got the opportunity of putting him in my show and it's been the most i i the best thing to come out of the pandemic honest to god is uh getting to know nick better so i'm not gonna not be in a podcast with you nick but i will also be in a podcast with your friend (laughs) that's great that's great as long as that podcast doesn't fulfill you as much as our podcast nothing good nothing good yeah i don't think i think this is obvious it's it's... this is a bud of how much this one fulfills me is what i'm trying to say you know what i mean like yeah and we're not starting our own podcast miss sue i think i'm just gonna come back i'll just be like a guest that comes back to talk about things the ig the ig corner we have the crypto corner and now the ig corner well i mean look i I, oh right the the ig dj ig Dig, Gotti, Gottler, whatever you want. Douglas, as I will now call him. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, DJ. He's a people's person. You know what I mean? He's the guy, you know, is engaging, makes you feel comfortable. He's always been that guy, which is probably the reason why we've recorded our longest podcast. Truly. In history. Uh, <laughs> if you've made it this far. God bless you. God bless you. Before before we have you on, too, I'll, I'll have to send you the Strength Finders book. Both Nick and I have done this. And I have I have a feeling that there's like a big Venn diagram between us three with this Strength Finders thing. I'll explain it more another time. I, 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 I don't want to end the podcast, but there has to be an end point. Um, do you want people to follow you on Instagram or do you not care? Do you want people to know your Discord name? What do you want? That's a great question. Yeah, since this is the since this is the NFT corner, I'm always Mr. IG on Discord. Great. So is there like a number? Do you want people to add you as a friend or just to I don't know. Oh, do you know about the numbers? Yeah, I know all people Yes. So you do your oh. name and then the Yeah, you know, then the hashtag. Yeah. Do you know what your uh, hashtag numbers are? Seven six six nine, yeah. Great. Look for this dude on on Discord. He's not necessarily going to add you as a friend, but maybe he will. Um, Ian, Gotti, Gotti, this was the pleasure of a, of a lifetime. Thank you, Nick. Oh you my. did well. Nick did well today. Yeah. That's what you know. Of all of our guests, <laughs> I have provided 75% of them. So I know that you say I just show up to this podcast. Uh, but three guests. Ian. Four guests. Uh, I've provided Wait, three out of our four. Oh, oh, Sammy. Sammy Nassar. Sammy, which is maybe our most listened the to best, podcast. The best guest. Most listened to podcast. That's who, true. Who are, who are the other? We uh, So we had a crypto guy come on early on. Oh. Um, who's A guy who marries uh, physic- like, like, like physical health Coach, and, Coach JV is his and name. crypto. He's, like... <laughs> he's, he's also kind of like a... He's like a... Uh, he's got some... Uh, 
conspiracy theory elements that I didn't realize was going on, like kind of like mm. New World Ordery things. So, mm. so his ideas about crypto were interesting. We don't necessarily, I don't necessarily align with a lot of his things, but he was interesting and he's very enigmatic and energetic and charismatic dude. Then Nick Clark, Sammy Nassar, because we talked about the Wa- the Juarez days, and now you. Oh, I need wow. a picture of you, by the way. I'm leaving. I'm ending the podcast. Go <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Great Nick. B- bye, Jess. Get it. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verney merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner go to patreon.com slash you don't know nick and if you haven't already leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week nichols